0: ridiculous.
1: Welcome, friends, to Perfect Stranger Things, an occasional dance of joy for your eardrums. Today, Steve and I will discuss the first eight minutes of season one of Stranger Things season four. You may or may not know this, but Stranger Things dropped the first eight minutes of the first episode on YouTube. So Steve and I are really excited about this. But, of course, before we get to Steve, here are a few choice words from the original cocoon of horror himself, Wilford
2: Brimble. You got a story in here. It's um, the damn story you ever read. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sit right here and talk about it. talk all day if you want it. It's the right thing to do.
1: Steve, did you know that today, YouTube dropped the first eight minutes of the first episode of season four of Stranger Things?
0: Not only do I know that, but I saw it. Did you watch all eight minutes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I saw it too, Steve, and I've got some thoughts.
0: Good thing we're recording them.
1: Before we get to those, I think maybe we should tell people that we will be covering Stranger Things season four. I would just say, check this space, check our other podcast, Cocoons of Horror Horror and Horror. Horror. Look for us over at Cocoons of Horror, because if it's not here,
0: it'll be there. Did you
1: get the same feeling of nostalgia when you saw Modine's hair?
0: Oh man, I'm all I'm all in for Modine's hair. Um because you, you, you can't I mean you can't spell Modine without Mo and I want Mo. Dean
1: I feel like this is a really underrated... I mean, you just think of like the iconic mains in the history of television. Of course, you know, Steve Harrington is right. up there, right? But you could add a few others, right? You you could add the 9 to 5 Dolly Parton in that mix. Sure.
0: Right, we, could throw, we could throw in Sam Malone.
1: Sam Malone. But I feel like, oh my gosh, Modine. Don't sleep on Modine's hair. He... Or, yeah. well, maybe do because it's probably very soft and oh, comfortable. Oh, I would
0: absolutely. Yeah. It, I think it's like, it, it, what's nice about it is that if you did sleep on it for a night, the next day it would completely <laughs> regain its original form because it's like memory foam.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where we would insert a mattress <laughs> commercial if we had exactly. any advertising for
0: this. Uh, <laughs> mattress pirates, all aboard, matey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. You just did a rewatch of
0: all three seasons, right? I did. Yes, we did ours uh, that we recorded, um, and then uh, I went ahead and watched season two and three. Pretty like, pretty much binged it right, right up until like I think maybe last week. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. preparation, so you're ready. Yeah, yeah you're ready. and it's it's interesting though, like you know, because I mean, when we went back and saw the first one again, because there has been a lot of time uh, between uh, season three and four, so there's a lot of things that I just did not recall.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm pretty excited about this fourth season, but I don't think we've talked at all about the third season. So, having done the rewatch, do you, what is your excitement level about this?
0: Um, it's pretty high, uh, mostly because uh, just just by virtue of rewatching it, you kind of it feels like you're visiting some old friends, right? I mean, that um, yeah, yeah, you, you you fall back into that world again, um, and. It's interesting how three, like season three, was the most recent, but it's probably the one that I had the least amount of connection with. Maybe, Um, but then in a rewatch, I feel the same way about it as I do maybe uh, Return of the Jedi. So like when, because you know, like (laughs) everyone talks about how you know Empire Strikes Back was the best of the original trilogy, and then some people think that Mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi was a bit of a letdown. Like maybe it felt a little too commercial, or there was too many uh creatures and the Ewoks
1: or they repeated the they repeated the right, themes right, too right. often um
0: but over time I ended up really appreciating Return of the Jedi even more maybe it's because it's like the parts I felt uh there were so many of like really great Star Wars parts that maybe yeah. I forgave the overall sum right um and I think <laughs> okay. with this one there is a different vibe Uh, It feels a little less horrific and it's definitely, uh, it feels a little more playful. It feels a little more, um, maybe a little self-aware or or like maybe self-referential at times. Like, Mm -hmm. but in a way it almost feels like uh, it pays a different type of tribute to the 80s, you know, because it's definitely a Cold War flick, right? Or, you know, it's so, and so I think it presents itself like that. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm putting what I, want into it, but it definitely, because it presents itself that way. Honestly, like a lot of the, the, the Russia movies were a little goofy, right?
1: They were definitely goofy. And, but here's what I appreciated about those cold war themes. It's not like they just opened up that can season three. They were baked into season one. They were, they, they really planted those seeds in case they wanted to grow that particular brand. Right. Uh, so I was all in for it. I mean, those, and, and especially, you know, I, I'll be honest, like, I saw some of those cold war movies right. in the theater. Whereas a lot of the earliest homages that we saw
0: in Stranger Things,
1: I kind of saw as an older kid, right, as right, reruns. Yeah, for sure, like,
0: like we we're talking about, like Jaws, the thing. Evil Dead those were right. we were we were too young probably to see those in the theater um uh, whereas you, right yeah.
1: so all of those cold war movie stuff that was that brought back a different kind of nostalgia right. for me Has this ever been done before you've got the first 8 minutes of a new season being dropped on YouTube
0: <sighs> I feel like it had well like I so when when the Batman came out they released like 10 minutes or something but it wasn't like Is the first 10 right? minutes it was it was a chunk right they they, they gave you a, a full unedited chunk interesting and i
1: i did not know yeah this.
0: yeah and i so i think it's becoming a little more common um but i don't i don't recall when when i've seen it i mean it could be for shows that i don't
1: you know, you know Analogous, not necessarily per- a perfect analogy, but analogous to this is that when I came upon Game of Thrones for the very first time, they released the very first episode on YouTube for free. Is that right? That's right.. Clever. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about the content of the first eight minutes. I felt like I felt like there was a conscious effort to sort of grab that early, Stranger Things vibe by doing the re by pressing the rewind button, right? right? So you're not starting like with Dustin as a 19 year old who's playing a 14 year old or something. Uh, you're starting with you know 1979, you've got Brenner still alive, and you've got all of these kids in Hawkins' lab, and r- really sort of an homage to itself, an homage going back right.
0: to season one. Yeah, and it's and so that does sort of create like a new a new twist, right? So I'm trying to think of how like the other ones have started. I know like season two starts off with a little bit of that um like we get to see another grown up version of of one of the the patients. Um and
1: Sure. Which yeah, eventually yeah, yeah, leads to what right. I think
0: is the least interesting uh segment of all <laughs> three uh seasons. <laughs>
1: Well, you might be getting more of that. I mean, it seems like that's that they might play with that theme. True. This year. Uh,
0: it's just that the way it was yeah. executed was probably my that's my biggest gripe over three seasons.
1: I think that's pretty common. I did feel like I mean, what do you want to do with an eight-minute segment? You want to show a few things. You want to show like, hey, remember how much you liked this show back in the day? Right. We're going to capture the kind the kinds of things that you liked in the first place. Well, it yeah. But then in addition to that, they did some serious CGI mm-hmm. with L, or used an old clip or something because, I mean, they are really showing off some serious effects. Well, with this, yeah, the
0: budget, this, yeah. I mean, the budget increases each season and now it's like they got the green light, right? Um sure. And then I think on top of it, what I really liked was uh, watching the three again. They get progressively less dark. Um. Oh okay. well, because the '80s movies
1: kind of take on kind of a goofy, right? Vibe, so that's like, right?
0: yeah. So season three has dark moments, but not. I mean, two season two for sure has, uh, especially you know during the you know, the the final like lab melee that happens. Um, but I mean, for to start out the gate this way, right? Really, it really brings you. It, it says a couple things. One, it, it kind of reminds you this is a dark series to begin with. And it also is a little foreboding, as if to say, "It we might finish darker than we started.
2: <laughs>
0: like, this this, this this, doesn't, this doesn't, this can't really end well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I do want to talk about the darkness aspect of this a little bit. So, two things in this eight-minute, I guess, short story. Really, right. what we're getting is sort of a Stranger Things short story. Two things that we didn't get before. And the first of these is that, are we humanizing Dr. Brenner? Mm. He, you know, sort of casting him as sort of this type A personality. As I, I did get a little bit of a feeling like a Better Call Saul feel to this. Oh, okay. Because, you know, a lot of you know detail work on his crossword, a lot of detail on his mug and his... You know, he's pruning a plant. You really get this idea that he's this fastidious, exacting personality. Which, clearly, he's a villain. Right. But it does give us an insight into his personal life. And I think it humanizes him at least a little bit. Right,
0: and I think that that's a a really uh, fun approach, right? Because I think, I mean, he was clearly the baddie. And I think even in season one, you know
1: almost one dimensional. Yeah, there were right. there were
0: elements where he seemed to be trying to have L's best interest in mind, but it did it did still feel like within the boundaries of whatever his self-interests were. Um, mm-hmm. so there there was a sociopath to him, but whereas this, yeah, so you you ground him at home, but then we see a much more uh sensitive version of him in terms of how it mean, like it it's interesting how they, they they manage the interaction with 10 because yeah I mean knowing what what it's all about that's that's not good for these kids I mean ten's not here to have a good time he's he's as much a prisoner as he is anything else
1: yeah this guy's an abuser yeah. he he's he's sharing this tender moment with his science
0: experiment right and so it's funny because it does sort of lull you in just a touch um, uh-huh. not to the point where you're like oh, maybe this guy's misunderstood, but to where you almost are disarmed. Um.
1: Well, and yeah, right. So this guy's a scientist, which makes you think, of course, he's a type A personality. He's like the head of all of the scientists, but he has no sort of right brain capability. He can't draw, but he can kind of laugh at himself because he knows he's not great at drawing and he can share this moment with this kid these are all ways to make him a morally gray character, and I don't feel like that season one did that at all. Right. The season one was a very '80s themed show because we didn't have a lot of morally gray characters in the '80s. No, it was there was a
0: lot more absolutes for sure.
1: It was it was a lot of good guys and bad guys in the '80s, and that's kind of how the kids function. You know, Doctor Brenner is absolutely the Sith Lord. Right. And l is absolutely the Jedi but in addition to sort of making dr Brenner more morally gray I mean it's pretty clear that that's what they're doing with 11 too right
0: right so and but it, it's fascinating too though because like I said I, I like how they did it and what the discussion we're having now I think is is really interesting because it does because again I just watched it so I'm, I'm reacting kind of over this podcast but um, your first thought is like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I knew that's where it was going, for one thing. I knew for sure that's what we were going to Yeah, say. of course. Um,
1: well, I, I did think of, initially, I thought, I wonder if they're going to introduce an equally powerful villain. Right. So
0: now this is the releasing of, you know, the, the Bizarro right. 11. Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever 11 is upside uh, down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but of, clor- of course, of course, it's 11. Right. Right. Which does that change the way you feel about that character?
0: Well, and that's what's you know that's what you're supposed to be left with, right? Because like what like you're saying, if you're having any inclination, like, well, is there more to Doctor Brenner than I than I maybe gave him credit for? Is there more, like, you know, do I need to do a revisit? Uh, your, your I think your instinct is to be one shocked when you see L. Uh, I mean, they, she, I mean, there's kids killed, right? And it wasn't like she was just taking it out on. Uh, the the guard This
1: was a very Anakin skywalker yeah. taking out the Padawan Luran. Yeah, this this
0: this is they all die. If, for what whatever it is that put her into that spot, whether she was provoked, yeah. whether it was something she wanted to do, that's what she's capable of. And we kind of already knew that. Like we already know that she has the capability to do all that kind of stuff. Um but that's so the question is was that something that happens unchecked and Dr. Brenner Helps her to check that in a way, or is this just something? Is this the beast that's within? And because that's yeah. kind of what I—that's—that's that's what I took away from it. I mean, my, my instinct is to sit there and tr- make all those justifications. Like, oh, this is L. I mean, she's obviously she's got friends. She's now, got family now. You know, this is this is what happens when you take someone so powerful, you remove them from their family, and then you treat them like a science experiment. And if they've got these kinds of powers, they're not going to know what to do with it. But they'll probably Do this initially, but there's the other element, which I think is what they're going for, which is, well, there's maybe more to this character than we realize.
1: Okay, all right. I'm glad you said that because uh, this introduces a tiny worry in my mind. So, having just watched season one, I remember those early scenes with Elle where she's struggling to, you know, crunch a Coke can. Mm -hmm. And she won't kill the cat. And then when she's being taken back to her cell, she snaps the goons necks. Right. right. To me, that felt like, okay, this is an older L and she's just kind of realizing how powerful she is. But I also got the sense that Dr. Brenner was also realizing how powerful she was right. in that moment. Right. Cause he kind of looks on her approving and like, Wow. You, you didn't kill a cat, but you killed these two goons. Well done. That, that was kind of the look mm-hmm. that I was reading on his face. And I don't know if, if this sort of retconning changes my feeling of the, that early early or episode. Or at least
0: just creates uh, a concern that there's going to be an inconsistency from season one right. to season four. exactly. So there's that. I got the sense that she's younger in this one mm-hmm. um, by, mm-hmm. by, I think, a significant amount. You know,
1: I. Oh, she's at least a couple years younger. So, right?
0: so then there's the so so the hope here is: is there going to be is there like a shock treatment? Is there something that is that is that maybe is that's what she was all the time? You know, or maybe she was new. We don't really know. Like mm-hmm. like and so, he was like honing that. Like right? maybe they got to a point where they controlled L, and then.
1: Well, that would sort of fit with the Dark Phoenix themes that we talked about previously. Right. right. So there's this dark phoenix narrative in the X-Men where the alter ego is subdued. And so maybe Brenner, maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll Brenner has kept her drugged or, you know, in some way subdued her so he can control her better.
0: I I really hope that they almost like potentially like a sleeper cell thing even, right? Like so maybe he's got maybe maybe the experimentation is such that uh that he is able to sort of keep that element of it dormant, but it can be reactivated. And meaning that she could be weaponized.
1: Yeah, and I don't necessarily present this as a fan theory. I just feel like We'll we'll find out, right? (laughs) I want yeah, no, of course. I just I just feel like I want to trust that the showrunners are not going to tread roughly over that first season, which I absolutely adore, right. with some kind of inconsistency. I feel like at least explain the in- the apparent inconsistency. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well,
0: they have a few days to figure that out. If, they, <laughs> if they're reading the old <laughs> so chat rooms Duffers,
1: and forums. Sometime between now and tomorrow.
0: The earlier you get this podcast out, the better it is for everybody's viewing experience. <laughs> Maybe that's why they split so the season the- in two. It's because they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just wait to see what Anthony and Steve Mm -hmm. have to say, and we'll fix it.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. The other thing that we learn in this uh, eight-minute short story is what happened to all of the other kids at Hawkins Labs. You know, when we first meet Elle, you get the sense she's the lonely science experiment. Right. right? But then we know from season two, of course, that there were other kids. And, you know, there's no reason for her to be 11 unless there is at least 10 others. And we get the sense from this eight minute clip that there, I don't, I don't know about you, it just felt like there's at least a dozen, right? Yeah, there's quite a few. It yeah. Like. So now we find out why L is the lone science experiment. She killed all the rest of the padawans. Yeah. She
0: yeah. Them. No, and so that's a good point that you bring up because now, I mean, I, I, so it, it's, it does make you curious, right? Cause like, so that's what a good, teaser does right so from a from a mm. fundamental standpoint um if there was any concern that people were like ah, i'm a little stranger things fatigued or whatever uh, this might bring it back um definitely keeps the hype up really uh fresh since it's only a few days before it releases um, sure you know and there has been a gap so it's possible that people have sort of you know kind of gotten over it
1: well also i think it's pretty clear i mean netflix knows that it's dropped It's dropped in subscriptions. Uh, People that are my children's age are much more likely to watch YouTube than they are, you know, a full hour-long episode on Netflix. So this, I think that this is a conscious effort to grab those eyeballs. I almost
0: wonder if you, if it would have been more advantageous for them to do this, say, last week, to get people that haven't, that have been saying that they were going to get around to rewatching, uh-huh. like uh-huh. all of a sudden, like, hey, we could cram this out and all of a sudden get like a lot more stream on, uh, <laughs> on Netflix <laughs> at once, but...
1: Uh, Have you ever watched any Roku TV?
0: No, I have a Roku TV. And every once in a while, you know, it tells you what it's got. And it's usually something like Clifford. Okay. Big Red Dog.
1: Okay. uh, I know you're a fan of Christoph Waltz. Yes, I am. This is the only thing I've ever watched on Roku TV. But it's a retelling of the short story, The Most Dangerous Game. Hmm. You might remember this. You know, it's sort of this short story where this old guy brings... Men to his island so he can hunt the human animal, right? right? Well, it's a retelling. I watched this, this Roku uh, show called The Most Dangerous Game. And interestingly enough, each episode was about 10 minutes. Huh. So it was about a movie-length thing. But instead of putting it out as a movie, they put it out as episodes. But each episode is about the size of a YouTube clip. And I wonder if
0: we might see more things like this in the future. It reminds me of the. Have you ever seen uh, Bo Burnham's Zack Stone is going to be famous? No. Well, he, uh, he wants. He just. Every episode is him trying to decide what he's going to be famous for. And he's like a 17 year old or 18 year old that spent all of his savings to have a camera crew <laughs> follow him around as he attempts to be famous. And like at one point, he wants to become a hero. So he tries to fake <laughs> saving somebody from drowning. But one of them, he wants to become a musician. He has no. Uh, musical talent, but so he starts creating these little songs that they're just like a little bit, and uh, and uh-huh. the guy the guy like, well, what's the rest of it? He's like, well, that's it. He's like, so look, he's a look. That used to be you get a whole album. You know, then you would get like singles. You get songs, and then you would just mm-hmm. go to pick. You know, then you just go on iTunes and just listen to whatever little bit of that song, and that's it. He's like, so so he just basically became uh, a ringtone musician. <laughs> Just, so, <laughs> That's what we're getting. So it's a great. It's a, we're
1: going to be getting ringtone episodes. Yeah. So it's kind too. of it was,
0: at the time I think it was kind of a commentary on one his lack of talent. You know, as as uh, you know, trying to be famous, but also the idea that like ah, but you know, people people's attention spans are such. You could be famous with very
1: little. <laughs> so I'm excited. This this got me excited. It it did a lot for eight minutes right. for me because you know it's it harkens back to season one. You know, reminds me how tiny L was. Right.
0: And, you know, introduced a new
1: wrinkle into her character. I uh, just hope that they pay it off because.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that is, it is a concern though. Right. I mean, like it, cause I think the initial just watching it and I was just like, Oh, here we go. And then as soon as I like walked away and set up uh, stuff for the podcast, I'm kind of like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, what do you do with yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not like that. It'd be one thing if we never saw her at the lab. Right, like if we only saw her after the lab or something, but we actually got we and then we got a series of flashbacks too. So it's like we've seen her uh, struggle, right? We've seen her, we've seen her struggle, and people dragging her down the hallway. And that particular shot does not strike me as someone who's ever had an issue uh, breaking free of somebody. Right.
1: This is a this is an older child in the flashback that will not kill a cat. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like. well, I I feel like there's a, a, at least a couple themes that I'm that
0: I'm excited about,
1: and one concern, and I think I feel like the sh- the, the Defers have certainly earned my trust. Right. I feel like I shouldn't be that concerned.
0: Yeah, it's not like they've got. I mean, they've got three seasons to look back on. They have access to their <laughs> to their work. Um, so yeah, I I do I do tend to believe that it will like and, and that also feels like maybe another good reason to get this eight minute clip out like I mean I'll give them you know full benefit of the doubt in this in this particular uh-huh. statement and say that yeah they, they want us to be concerned because that cause yeah, I think because I mean, right. you and I are already gonna watch right I mean we're already gonna we're already in that's right. but there's a different like now I have a certain level of impatience that I didn't have uh before now it's like well all right what do you like how did we get here Cause something because it's not even just how like how does she get to that point it's how does she go from that point to what we know right So let's
1: talk a little bit about the way that we're gonna cover this show because I don't think that we've settled this no um, So my feeling is that what has made this podcast work for us is the fact that it is a rewatch right. I think that we can give a, with a certain, with a rewatch, you can give a certain amount of sort of slow, detailed attention to a show that you can't give if you're just pumping out multiple episodes in one week. Right. So I would suggest, and I, tell me what you think about this, is that, you know, we watch the first episode, get that out the first week, and then kind of just methodically put these episodes out. Week by week.
0: We can do that. And I and I will. If I have to rewatch, I will. But there is zero chance that I'm going to get Heather to watch these once a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Well, here's what you're going to have to do.
0: You're going to have to do your own rewatch. That's fine. You're going to have to
1: binge this and then watch it a little bit more carefully a second time. So I'm
0: going later. to do an almost real-time rewatch.
1: Now, Netflix doesn't usually put out like the, the, the numbers of what their shows do. But I got to think this is one of their biggest properties. Yeah, I would think so. Like, what would be a rival to this? House of Cards?
0: Oh, on... on House of Cards, I sort of... On Netflix. Initially. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm trying to think of... Because there's so many shows that I... Although that hasn't aged, right? Probably Tiger King. It, it, but that was, like, kind of a, a time... It's it would...
1: funny how fast these things move. Yeah. Um, uh, you you want to say anything more about Matthew Modine's hair?
0: I mean, there's. I I'm hoping that that's not the only eight minutes we get of Matthew Modine's hair.
1: I hope so too. And let me just say this: I don't often feel this way, but I feel like if I find out that's a wig,
0: yeah,
1: it'll feel like finding out that my favorite baseball player corks
0: is back. Uh, Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean that's. But that would be the true tribute to Sam Malone, right?
1: Thank you, Steve. This is this is why I bring you on. This is exactly why I bring you on. Now I feel better about this. I'm going to sleep much better tonight on Matthew Modine's hair. <laughs> <laughs>